It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Are Panther fans overreacting to the preseason? I think a lot of you are, and we should discuss right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, the part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow our show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where today I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, and next Friday I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, and then after that, once the regular season is here, I'm going to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions that I'm going to be recording live on YouTube here on Tuesday night. So that's why it's important that you subscribe so you never miss any of those live editions of the show, or really, not just the mailbag, but when I go live later on tonight for the Panthers preseason finale and after every single game and any big breaking news, that's why it's important. But still, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, but at me or DM me to get those questions into me now for the weekly Friday mailbag, which will soon be the in-season weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. The preseason ends tonight as Carolina Panthers welcome the Detroit Lions here to Bank of America Stadium, 8 p.m. Late one on a Friday evening. National television audience, Taylor Zarzer, Steve Smith Sr., thank you for your service. But now it's time for, I guess, the big boys to come up and to check out Frank Reich, Bryce Young, and this Carolina Panthers team one final time before the season opener down I-85 South against the division rival Atlanta Falcons on September 10th. So let's get into it. A weekly Friday mailbag here on the show. And there are has been much consternation over what's happened uh, What last Saturday, two Saturdays ago against the Jets, and then last Friday against the Giants. There are a lot of y'all who seem to be freaking out about the preseason. The first two questions I got today are about the preseason performances by your Carolina Panthers. Andre says, I want to preface this by saying, I know it's preseason, and I still have the utmost faith in the staff until proven otherwise, but, there's always a but, y'all, I was wondering if Frank Reich kind of comes off as a little too nonchalant from canceling practices before the preseason games to then not seeming too worried about what happens in the games and his presser. Like, I don't see the urgency. It's almost as if he's acting like he inherited a proven veteran team, even though it's the exact opposite. Again, I know. It's preseason, but I was wondering if anyone else has noticed he seems a little too chill for the season being three weeks out and we still have a lot to improve on. Okay, Andre, um, I kind of see where you're coming from there. 
Matt Rule, different personality. Steve Wilkes, totally different personality. Frank Reich, different personality. The way I see it, Frank Reich just took over this organization back in January. He has had OTAs, a mandatory minicamp, and he's had training camp and so far two preseason games to get the team to where he would like for them to be heading into the season. He understands that he took over a team and a roster that has not had any success in the NFL. Now, there's some players like Austin Corbett, who's won a Super Bowl. You got Von Bell, who's come over during um, the offseason. Same thing with uh, Hayden Hurst. They're guys who have come to Carolina, Miles Sanders. But the bulk of the guys who are really the core and the foundation that's been built here the last couple of seasons, Brian Burns, ain't never won anything, nothing. Not even in college, but has never won anything here in the NFL. Derrick Brown, ain't never won nothing ever. Shaq Thompson has been able to experience it, but he was not the main guy back then when TD and Luke were running around here at linebacker here in Carolina. J.J. Jansen's really the only one who's been able to taste success. Hell, Johnny Hecker, who again hasn't been here long, is also one of those guys that has won more than players that you're expecting, like Jeremy Chin, to be big-time performers for you this year and moving forward in Carolina. So I do understand where you're coming from, where you look at it and it's the way that Frank Reich may carry himself to you may seem as if he's being a little bit too nonchalant, too chill, thinking that as a veteran group, and that's not really the case. They brought in some veterans to supplement the inexperience as far as winning goes with the guys on the roster. So I see where you're coming from there, but I think Frank Reich understands that, okay, I still have a young team. I'm going to bring in some veterans, and we have a brand new scheme offensively and defensively and a rookie quarterback it's going to take a while to get them to where he wants them to be. And if you read right before preseason started, when he spoke to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterback, he talked about it being a two, three-year process with Bryce Young. And that's probably the same case with this team here in Carolina. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Y'all want to hear that, oh, they're going to the playoffs. And the only reason we even have that conversation about playoffs, which... Honestly, I really want y'all to let me know what your expectations are going into the season. I actually want people to DM me, at me, let me know what your expectations are heading into the season. I want to know where people are at. Because if you really think about it, as we've talked about, last year, they overachieved. Terrible quarterback play, really only one wide receiver, and somehow because the division stunk, they were right there with an opportunity to potentially win the division and go to the playoffs and it's a home playoff game for the first time since that 2015-15-1 regular season. So Frank Reich understands that this team still a ways away from really being true title contenders and being in the NFC helps and of course being in the NFC South helps and being in the NFC South is the only reason I feel like there would be that urgency from the fan base. When you look at it, I don't know what Atlanta has in Desmond Ritter. From what I've read, he's looked good so far in the preseason, but we got to find out what it looks like starting week one when the Panthers head down to Atlanta. Baker Mayfield's going to start for Tampa Bay. We've seen how that works. I do think Baker will be better because Baker actually had a full offseason, unlike what he got here in Carolina. But still, do you think Baker Mayfield's a long-term option down there in Tampa? New Orleans, Derek Carr, they're probably in the best situation heading into the year, but how long is Carr going to be there and what can he really do to maximize that Saints town around him? There are still, still time to build this thing. It's not like it's Super Bowl or bust year one. So I can look at it 
and see how people can interpret some of the things that Frank Reich has said and done. And as far as canceling practice, they have been down there at Wofford for two and a half weeks. They clearly got everything they wanted to get done. And he decided, hey, I don't want to risk anybody's health when they're already a little banged up to begin with at that point in time. Let's just get home and get ready for the preseason game on Saturday. Did that impact their performance? It's possible. Did they, of course, lose a joint practice that could help them in the long run? Sure, that is a argument to be made. But I'm not looking at that as, oh my God, Frank Reich not taking his job seriously, which is not what I'm saying that you're saying, Andre. I just think that we just need to take a little deep breath for a sec and not get too caught up in what we've seen so far, understanding that, A, I don't think it's the objective is to win the playoffs this year, go to the playoffs. I don't think that's there's some edict from Tepper being like, you better go to the playoffs or else. Last year, certainly. This year, it's a clean slate. He's trying to build a foundation. These guys offensively have barely played with each other. Same thing defensively. You got to give them some time. So I don't think it's time to press the panic button. Not saying that you're doing that, Andre, but I know there's others out there that are already concerned based off of, I guess, Reich's attitude and also you've seen the first two weeks. Now, Harvey has a similar question saying, do you honestly see the Panthers struggling this year on offense and defense given all that we've seen this preseason? I'm starting to lose faith that our offense can be a competitive squad and win some games as well as the defense, which looked porous and overwhelmed by Zach Wilson and totally outclassed by Daniel Jones. What do you think? Okay, we talked about the defense. When you don't have Brian Burns out there, don't have Marquise Haynes, don't have Justin Houston, then it's going to be a lot easier for a quarterback like Daniel Jones who showed last year, hmm, maybe he doesn't suck in date Brian Dable's offense with Darren Waller in those weapons that he can pick you apart. Now I would expect a little bit more out of the secondary, especially with all those guys that are veterans. The guys have been brought in to make plays. Didn't really see that aside from Jeremy Chin making that play behind the line of scrimmage and Von Bell putting a pretty good lick on Darren Waller to draw the, draw the ball out there. The lone incompletion for Daniel Jones in his one series that he played last Friday night. Defensively, we talked to Jordan Rodriguez about this, and I brought this up multiple times, but she set the expectation for you, someone who knows the scheme better than I do and has covered it for a while. It takes time, and it's going to take time. But as far as that side of the ball goes, I feel better about them. You know why? Because I know that Derek Brown's a damn good player. I know that Brian Burns is a damn good player. I know Justin Houston has been a damn good player and may be a Hall of Frickin' Famer one day. Jeremy Chin, same case. Vaughn Bell, there's a lot of guys on that side of the ball who I feel good about. Offensively, let's just be honest, y'all. I think Bryce Young can be a good player. There's going to be ups and downs. He's a rookie, and it's not all on Bryce. The offensive line, I think they'll be fine in due time. Right guard, Zavala, we'll see what he does tonight. I think he'll be fine in the interim until Austin Corbett gets there. But the old line as a whole, I think it'll still be a solid unit. Maybe it takes a step back just knowing that you're missing the guy who's your best-rated offensive, uh, offensive player. I mean, offensive lineman last year in Austin Corbett. But the receivers, come on. I've been telling you all offseason. While there's more options and this could be an improved group because of that, who scares you? If you're seriously, if you're a defensive player coordinator out there, and I know you're going to have the Carolina blue color glasses that are going to completely cloud your vision here, but y'all, who honestly scares you offensively? Seriously, I like Adam Thielen, think he can have a good year this year, but is he going to go out there and be the same Adam Thielen that he was back in the day? He hasn't had a thousand yard receiving season in like four or five seasons. DJ Chark's only had one, and that's been the 
outlier. And he's now dealing with another injury, which has been the problem with DJ Chark. Jonathan Mingo can't place a ton of expectation on him as a rookie. That wouldn't be fair. Hayden Hurst thinking he'd be a good player. But honestly, y'all, come on. It's not like they're loaded at the skill position talents. It's a new scheme, rookie quarterback, offensive line. He's got to figure some continuity things out until Corbett comes back. And when he comes back, what can we truly expect? Like, they're going to struggle offensively at times. Is it going to be a season-long struggle? I'm not going to say that. I do think they'll get better as the time goes because the more they play with each other, the more continuity and chemistry is built, and the better that they'll be. But will they be one of the top units in the NFL? No, that's not going to happen. They don't have the talent for that to be the case. So, yeah, there's going to be some struggles. But my only thing is, what are your expectations? If your expectation level is, oh, this should win a division, then, buddy, you might be disappointed this year. If your expectation is, all right, you know, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs, then I think you'll be fine. And if your expectation is like, oh, they're going to stink, I think you're being a little too negative and a lot too negative. I think the best thing to do right now, based off of the team hasn't been in the playoffs since 2017, we've got our hopes built up way too much. My fault on that one last year, y'all. Um, the best thing is just to kind of wait and see what happens. Sit there, be excited, new coaching staff. It looks like a really good one on paper. New players that they brought in, rookie quarterback to actually put your hopes in, not to foolhardily do it with Matt Corral in the past or Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker or Baker Mayfield or any of the guys, Kyle Allen, all the guys we've done over the last couple of years. Y'all, not we, y'all have done over the past couple of seasons. Like, there's actually real hope and an actual plan. It doesn't happen just overnight. And as the one man once said, the local Yinzer, Rome wasn't built in a day. So give it some time. Don't jump off the bandwagon because of preseason. At least let them lose some regular season games before you get upset. But even then, just enjoy the ride. It's football. It's barely here. And all you do is bitch and moan when it's not around. And when it comes around, your team starts losing. What do you do? Bitch and moan. Don't do that. Just have fun. Enjoy it. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're probably not going to win the division. Doesn't mean it can't still be an enjoyable season building towards a brighter future, which is what I think, and I, I can't tell you how to feel. You can feel however you want, but that's how I feel like people should probably be looking at this season opposed to, oh, man, there's concern there, concern there. Okay, yeah, a lot of teams have concerns. League's supposed to be 8-9, 9-8. Nine, nine, the Panthers could be 8-9. and nine. They could be 9-8. and eight. We'll see how it goes. But try and enjoy it. Let's not be all doom and gloom before the season even starts, all right? So it's going to be fine. I think y'all are overacting just a tad bit when it comes to the preseason. So there we go. All right, got some more questions, including Scott Fitter and uh, whether he should be on the hot seat, which, okay. And also, wide receiver depth. Is that a concern here in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shade without the premium price tag. Get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. If you're like me and you don't like to shave, no worries, it's on them. Get your best shave ever this summer of Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. In this episode, 
is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back here on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Again, going to do this this Friday, next Friday. Then we're going to shift over to a Wednesday mailbag that will be recorded live on Tuesday nights on YouTube. That means you can still get your questions in by adding me or DM me over on Twitter. That's where the uh, foundation and the basis of the questioning will come from. Then I'll look at the chat. <sighs> Might be a mistake. Uh, we'll look at the chat and see if anyone has any mailbag questions there. And we can kind of incorporate the people who listen just to the podcast and the podcast feeds and then send in the traditional route and also some of the people that only watch on YouTube and sit there and want to send some messages via the chat. So going to try and interact with uh, multiple platforms there. So there we go. Coming up on the, let's see, this this 5th, the 5th of August. That will be the first time. And then the 6th is when it will come out in your podcast feed to the weekly Wednesday mailbag once the regular season starts. And we'll do that for 18 weeks, hopefully 22 weeks. And then after that, maybe I guess 23, but then after that, it will be back to Fridays to just make, you know, my life easier. Okay. Over the Alex, who says, GMs and head coaches are usually tied together, but the asynchronous, wait, asynchronous? I hate you, Alex. What is this SAT we're used to at me? Uh, he said, but the asynchronous hires of Fitter and Rule left Fitter unscathed when Tepper cleaned house this offseason. If the Panthers don't exceed their win total from last year's Fitter on the hot seat, he's made plenty of questionable decisions that weren't reviewed, including JC over Sertan, drafting a long snapper, <laughs> trading up for Corral, while four of the quarterbacks in that draft are slated to be week one starters, trading up for old man DJ Johnson, trading for CJ Henderson, letting Reddick and Gilmore walk to chase a quarterback with no interest in Carolina, etc. So, y'all, again, with these questions, these are sent to me via DM on Twitter and Instagram. So I can only take the questions that y'all send me. So anyone who's in their feelings and saying, this is such a negative mailbag. These are your questions. These are your thoughts. These are your feelings. I am just answering the questions and reading what you write. So just letting that one just putting that out there before people start jumping down my throat being like, what the bleep, Julian? <laughs> Calm down. Okay, so here's this. The J.C. Horn thing, I, don't, I just don't think that's fair. I just don't think it's fair yet. Um, J.C. continues to have health issues, and Sertan can, continues to play as well as he's played and stay healthy. And then fine, we can have the conversation. Uh, dude, I mean, the long snapper, Thomas, what the hell is he even name? I, that, see, everyone was, was complaining about that. When they're saying, oh, you should have taken Trey Smith, when I'm sure none of y'all know why Trey Smith even fell back into the sixth round. Uh, you should have been complaining about Deontay Brown being taken instead of Trey Smith. That's what you should have been complaining about. Uh, I Was it Thomas? What is his name? Who cares? But whatever. That was stupid. Didn't work out. I bl I think that I put that one on rule. Do you really think Federer wanted to take a, a long snapper? Probably not. I think that was rule. Uh, and then you saw the conversation, the phone call. <laughs> Bro, dude, you ready to get down to Charlotte? Come on. Uh, trading up for Corral. That was, I, I don't know who to put that on. That I, I would put on Fitterer for sure. 
um, for not even getting the trade done with Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland was being unreasonable. That was a serious panic move. And the four quarterbacks, I guess that would be Brock Purdy in San Francisco, Sam Howell. That's the one that I think stings. But you see the shirt I'm wearing today. I'm damn happy that Sam Howell didn't end up here because he would have been in the situation Corral's in where Bryce Young's here and he never gets a shot. So glad Sam's with Ron in Washington instead of here. Um, and then I guess Desmond Ritter would be the other and then not Malik Willis. Uh, I can't remember the fourth. It doesn't matter. And then the other. Then we got old man DJ Johnson, and that's been panned by everybody, including myself. Trading for CJ Henderson hasn't worked, but he's been called Mr. Consistent so far by Frank Reich. And then Reddick, as I've said in the past, like it's he's from the area. He's across the river from Camden, New Jersey, Philadelphia. He's grew up an Eagles fan. He's better off in Philly. But the Panthers did have other, have other plans, as he mentioned to us during Super Bowl media um, night back in February. And then Gilmore, the guy, he probably, he wanted to go play somewhere we thought he was going to win, thought it was going to be Indianapolis, and go somewhere where he could make more money, which he felt was going to be Indianapolis. And, well, it didn't work out. And he came here, he wasn't even healthy. He played like four games. So I'm just – I don't look at all of those as being like all in fitter. I can see some of them, of course, on rule. Uh, but yeah, the track record, it's not been that great. I have a note where, I and mean, I went over this one episode where I looked at the trades that Scott Fitterer has made. I'm trying to scroll down see if I can find them right now just to kind of look at a few of them because there has been some good, there's been some bad, and that's going to be with every general manager. Now, on principle, usually in, in the NFL, a GM usually gets two coaches, where the head coach only gets one opportunity, the GM. Look. Chris Ballard's still there in Indianapolis, right or wrong. He's still there. You saw Ryan Pace. He got to hang around there in Chicago, right or wrong. He was still there. Um, you know, that's that's the thing that happened. So, Scott Fitter, this is his last chance. He will be tied to Frank Reich. I don't think that they have a bad win total this year. Like, if they only win six games, I don't think he's going to be fired. Um, but if that is the trend and they're bad and they traded up all those picks and Bryce Young's not the answer, then, yeah. His ass is grass. <laughs> the same thing with Frank Reich. But I don't think right now we should be calling for Fitterer's head. We should look at some of the signings he's made and also, you know, the how he's helped Frank Reich and build the staff and then see how it plays out. Like, they're directly tied to each other. So as Reich goes, so does Fitterer. And then we'll see how that all pans out in the end. All right. Um, Going to take another quick pause here. Then I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball and underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs and including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, and I know we're way past July, but don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's uh, answer some more questions here before we wrap things up here on the Locked on Panthers podcast and the weekly Friday mailbag. Only one more after this week before we head over to Wednesdays throughout the season. That could change depending on y'all's participation, but I think it will stick out on the Wednesdays um, for for reasons. It makes it easier for me. Um, and I think it probably makes more sense to spend Friday talking about the game ahead instead of just answering questions, even though that typically is talking about the game ahead. Uh, but wanted to make some things up for this year. Terrence, he asked me very simply, is it time to worry about wide receiver depth? So the Carolina Panthers right now have some injuries with their wide receivers. LaVishka Chenault is in the concussion protocol. Don't imagine he'll play tonight. DJ Chark with a hamstring. Also don't think he should play tonight. Terrace Marshall with back. No point in playing him. Demir Bird is on season-ending IR with that hamstring. Really... Okay, so they're going to stow him away for next year, and we'll see how that works out. So that means that Shai Smith, Javon Wims, and Derek Wright are going to join rookie Jonathan Mingo and the veteran Adam Thielen as the five primary wide receivers in tonight's game. Smith, Wims, and Wright battling for that sixth spot. And who knows, after Marquan McCall got bounced earlier this week, they could be battling for the fifth and sixth spot here on the roster in Carolina tonight. But I really think they're really fighting for that sixth spot, at least for for the short term, could, things could change following the roster cutdowns as the waiver wire opens up. The Panthers look at some players that could be available that could help them long term. So as I'm talking about ad nauseum and mentioned earlier, yeah, it is a concern because I think the overall wide receiver talent is already a concern on this roster. Now, if you lose DJ Chark, who's expected to be one of your top guys, and Terrace Marshall's already hurt and hasn't been reliable as far as his health. And LaVishka Chenault, I'm not quite sure what he can do in his offense, considering that we haven't seen in a preseason. I do think they're kind of saving some things for the regular season, but how much are they really saving when the plan is for Mingo and Thielen and Shark and Hurst and maybe even Sanders to be your top options? Like, how much is there there for LaVishka Chenault? I do question that. I mean, that's not a good situation when you lose some of those guys when the top-end talent is already – like not there. Like there's not a true number one. And it's not that you have to have a true number one. Um, but I think you would rather be in a situation where you had guys that were like, I mean, Thielen's obviously proven. He's just getting older. And TJ Chark is somewhat proven. He's proved that he can be a pro bowler, but he's also not been a pro bowl caliber player year in and year out. Like Thielen had been back in his career and that you're hoping that maybe a guy like Terrace Marshall could have been, but I doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Maybe Mingo can be that. I've always I've had questions about the wide receiver talent from the beginning. So if I have a question about the wide receiver talent, then of course I have questions about the wide receiver depth. If I don't think the talent is high end, and honestly, one of the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL doesn't mean that they can't go out there and make plays. It's just one of those things. Again, I asked y'all who out there scares you. They might scare you, but think from the perspective of the rest of the league. So, yeah, I think there should be concerns about depth. It's just really, let's get these guys healthy. Like, Mavishka, I think will be fine there as far as the concussion, hopefully. That's not something that lingers. Hamstring with TJ, give us some time. He's got to rest. Hopefully, he'll be good to go. Terrace with the pack, you know, those are tricky. As I talked with Marquise Haynes, 
give it some time. Of course, Demir Birds, it's gone. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I have my concerns about the wide receivers already. But now that they're a little bit banged up, that only you know heightens my concern. Um, over to Jamie now, and he's kind of speaking to wide receivers as well. He said, I know injuries may have affected us by now, but who do you project to be our stat leaders? I know passing and rushing is clear, but what about receiving? Yeah, obviously Bryce, hopefully, you know, if all things go according to plan, he'll be the leading passer this year and leading rusher, if all things go to plan, will be Miles Sanders. Receiving, I mean, that's one that's difficult because you look at it. DJ Moore, the easiest one to do the last couple of seasons um, because he was the clear number one. Where the Panthers don't have that, I would guess it would be Adam Thielen. I'm going to guess Adam Thielen because of his experience, his route running, and his ability so far to stay on the field. I would say, knock on wood, of course, I would say Adam Thielen. Uh, over to Kyle now, who's concerned about the joint practices and the Panthers not having that many. He said, what do you gather about other teams having multiple joint practices and Carolina only having one? When I scroll on Twitter – or X, I see like the Jets had joint practices of all three of their preseason teams, and we only had one day because of um, the second one got canceled. Yeah, I don't make too much of it. I actually took the time to go back and look and see um, the amount of teams that only had one joint practice. That was 14. The Bengals, the Giants, the 49ers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Bears, the Jags, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Carolina Panthers. That's 14. Uh, there's six teams that had zero, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Bills. Uh, is anyone concerned about the Chiefs' ability to win a Super Bowl this year? No. The Bills think they're going to be right there in the conversation again this year. Uh, the Seahawks were a playoff team last year. The Falcons should be improved this year. Uh, the Cowboys, playoff team last year. Steelers, it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, come on. So that's 20 teams. That means 12 teams had multiple joint practices this year. So I – so the not the majority, but the – the biggest number of teams that only that as far as joint practices were teams that only had one, which is 14. So 14 had one, and then there was 12 that had two plus. And the Jets got to be the only one that had three, if they indeed had three. I, I didn't really look in to see if they had three, but I know they had multiple because I know they were doing one with the Bucks, The Steelers, Cowboys, Falcons, Seahawks, Chiefs, Bills, again, only had none. They had zero. So six of those teams. And let's go, let's go back to when the Panthers last had two joint practices, 2021. What was Panthers' record that year? Five and twelve. I don't think it necessarily correlates to success in a regular season, because um, if we're correlating it to success in a regular season, then the Bills, the Chiefs, are going to suck this year, and Pittsburgh is going to finally have a losing season under Mike Tomlin. I don't think that's going to be the case. I I don't think too much of it. It is unfortunate that weather played a factor. The Panthers missed out on that day. You can. Maybe call out Frank Reich if you want to. Don't think that does anybody any good, especially you. Um, and I'm not talking about you, Kyle, specifically. I'm talking about anyone out there who's con who's complaining about that. I did find it curious because I had no idea that was the case. Um, but I, I'm not too concerned about it because I think player safety is more important than going out there and trying to get into joint practice, excuse me, on a wet field in August. Going into week one of the preseason, mind you. Uh, final question comes over from Will who says, Jamie Robinson, I feel like, is someone that can be a good piece in the future, especially with the mentors around him. Where is he at currently, though? I have heard, I have not heard much about him, even dating back to training camp. Yeah, he's kind of been MIA uh, for me as well. have not heard much, like you, um, about Jamie Robinson. I haven't really talked a lot about Jamie Robinson. It's a crowded safety group. When you think about, you already have Von Bell, Xavier Woods there. Sam Franklin has made some plays in the preseason so far, had the interception, had a pretty big hit there on a Friday night against the Giants as well. 
he's someone who's been here for a couple seasons now and who's you know taking steps to being a better player and someone who can really be that backup safety and can step in in that role. And you look at nickel, that's going to be Jeremy Chin's going to get a lot of those reps. Jamie Robinson can come in and play that. I don't think they're looking at him to play that much right now. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's somebody I'm going to look out for uh, tonight against the Lions and see what kind of impact he has. He's going to be someone who they're going to want to develop more, then go out there and play. And I expect that he'll be one of those core special teamers this upcoming season for Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator here in Carolina. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about Jamie Robinson and where he's at as he's just down on the depth chart and he's not expected to be that big of time of a player for the Panthers in 2023. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow our show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where one final time this offseason, next Friday, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions before transitioning into a Wednesday mailbag throughout the regular season, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you later tonight, probably right around midnight, following the Carolina Panthers preseason finale against the Detroit Lions. So stay tuned, and I'll talk to you all then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.